Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by special guest Margaret Court. Thank you. I, I knew nothing about that. And uh, he is full of surprises. And um, so uh, it is wonderful to be here. And uh, I just feel the spirit that's in this church is awesome. And uh, get behind your pastors and what this uh, young man and his wife carry. And uh, so important in this time for our nation. We love our nation. And Australia for Jesus is so important. I think as long as I've been a Christian, I've been praying that. And I believe we're going to see that this is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And... uh, I was at a Chinese conference uh, yesterday, and uh, I read out that uh, about uh, this is the great south land of the Holy Spirit and the prophetic word. It's so important uh, with the prophetic side of things to be declaring and decreeing over our nation. And so it is an honor to be here and uh, welcome, you know, I send greetings from our church in Western Australia, very similar and spirit and prophetic and healing and I feel as though I'm home so uh, it's wonderful I thought I'd just share a a little bit first of all of uh, I spent probably 10 years of my training years here in Melbourne and uh, always enjoy coming back here I was originally from Albury uh, and trained here uh, for many many years from uh, would have been in the late 50s right through to 65 probably through through to that time and um, loved it here but uh, you know here you were training and back in those days it was amateur days it wasn't the professional days so you were playing sport because you loved it it was you didn't play it for money and I love representing my nation and as a young person always had a goal and uh, and I came from a very poor family, but I had a very I lived across the road from 24 grass courts, and uh, there was alcohol uh, in our home. And my escape was I was a very good athlete, loved to run and sport, and I'd swim the Murray River, and uh, you know, as a kid. And but somebody said to me at about the age 13, you could be the first Australian woman ever to win Wimbledon. And so that goal, I didn't know anything about faith. And we'll come into the word of God and, you know, hearing that young man up on there saying uh, 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 the greater one that lives within us. I didn't know any of that. I was from a Catholic background. But I always knew my gift was from God. And I would go to church every Sunday. I was taught that as a little girl when I was playing tennis, even when I was around the world. I'd go because back in those times it was a mortal sin if you missed. And I thought, if I lose, if I don't go to church, I might lose. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, but that was built into me. There was a lot of good things that were built into me. But I knew my gift was from God. And people would say, why are you so good? I'd even say to the press, it's a gift from God. And, uh, and I knew that. I knew sometimes when I was playing that I'd say, God, help me. And sometimes it it was, you're in a really hard position. 
but somehow you got this and you think, I can't go on. But sometimes it was like an inner strength that came and you, it was like a second wind or more or less. But I just knew, you know, I would ask him in a very childlike, simple way. And, uh, you know, I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know anything about the Bible. And uh, anyhow, I went on to do a lot of winning and tournaments and I wanted to be the first Australian woman to win Wimbledon and, and I won that in 1963. By 1965, I'd won many titles and travelled the world and we'd go for 11 months of the year and live out of a suitcase. We didn't make any money or anything. We got enough to sort of accommodation and food. And by 1965, I thought I've had enough. And... Um, uh, of travelling. I love my nation. Oh, the Lord has always put a great passion and love for my nation. I cry for my nation. And, uh, you know, when the, the flag would go up and you're representing your nation, the goosebumps on goosebumps. You know, your, your life is much bigger than you think. He knew, he knew you before you were born. He knew you in your mother's womb. And I used to say to God back in those times, I'm not getting married unless you send the right person. That's how I would talk to him. And, uh, you know, I, I'd won everything and I'd, I came back home and I said, I'm not going anymore, I'm, I'm retiring. Well, it shocked everybody, the press, everybody. And so I thought I was very well known here in Melbourne and uh, the press knew television, everything. And at one part of my life, I was a rebel. I withdrew from an Australian team, so I was a bad girl. And, uh, you know, I, I could get off into that, but I won't. Uh, but uh, a man told a lie, and I said, my mum taught me not to lie. And I always knew as a little girl never to lie. And I said, I could go into a, a shop, and there was a lolly table there, and she'd say, Margaret, don't look at that. God sees everything you do, whether it's in the dark or it's in the day. And so, you know, you had principles, Morals and values put into you as a little girl. And, you know, I always learnt that, that marriage, that uh, sex was uh, when you were married. You know, I, I learnt all those things. And uh, even though I came from a background where there was alcohol, but my mum was a very good woman. She didn't drink. My dad drank and you know, there was arguments and fights. But, um, you know, I decided to go to Perth to retire because nobody knew me over there. And I, I'd go and play over there and I had friends there and family friends and I loved the, the lifestyle and the way of life, so I went there. And I thought I'd never pick up a tennis racket again. But in that time, in that retirement time, I met my husband, Barry, and he was a top yachtsman. I'd been a top tennis player. I didn't know how to sail. He didn't know how to score. He'd never seen tennis. And so somehow we just clicked and got together and it worked. And, uh, you know, when he asked me to uh, marry him, I felt it was very right. Not thinking I was ever going to go back into tennis, but I played squash in those two years, which kept me fit. And I got to number two in, in the state in the squash. And so when I said we were married... I said, well, let's just go for a year, and we were going farming. And so uh, off we went, and uh, we went overseas, and then open tennis came in, and 
I won't go too much into all that, but uh, he became also like my manager. The money came in to tennis back then. I think to win, we got the finance like what they get to lose in the first round today. And, and so, you know, I love the sport. I love representing my nation. After I was married, I played some of my best tennis. I won the Grand Slam all four majors in one year. And, uh, you know, uh, the, and then I, we had a child. Uh, and um, I got back after having a child. They said, she's finished now. And I said, no, I'm going to be the first mum to be number one in the world. So went on to do all that. And, uh, but it was in that early 70s, in 71, that uh, I knew God was there. I was reaching out for him. And uh, I was saying to him, where are you? I, I want to know you. I had fame. I had money. Great husband. I still knew there was something missing in my life. And uh, so I, I was reaching out and... I went to America and a friend gave us a book there and I was reading about how to accept Jesus as Lord of your life. It didn't mean much to me, but I went back to Perth, finished up going to a meeting with a friend just like this and somehow something nearly got me out of my seat. The Holy Spirit came upon me, brought me under conviction and in that meeting I gave my heart to Christ. And uh, you know, I still didn't know anything about it and I, I want to move on because I said I'd a talk on family and a marriage, but uh, after uh, I got saved, went back on tour for about another five years, and I, I won people to Christ all over the place, mainly because somebody gave me the prayer that I said in Romans 10, 9, and 10. And I used to say to people, you know, one day when I finish tennis, we probably may not see one another together, but I I tell you, I want to meet you in heaven. And they knew something had happened in my life. There was this joy. There was something about your eyes. You look different. What is it? What's happened to you? And uh, so I just said, well, I gave my heart to Christ. I said that prayer. I said, if you really mean this prayer in your heart, I said, we'll be in heaven together. And all over, everywhere I went, I was winning souls. And you know, it should be that simple. They should, you know, it's the love of Jesus Christ. And this nation does need an awakening. This nation needs Jesus because it is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. And then finished up having another baby and went back. But my heart wasn't there anymore. So we decided that, uh, that it was time to retire. And we bought a farm, and, uh, but we still lived in the city and... We had two more children. We have four children, wonderful family. We have nine grandchildren under 14. And, uh, you know, just last week they gave us uh, a 50th celebration and, you know, just to have the family and the bridesmaids and, and uh, you know, that, that together uh, was wonderful. And I look at the family and, you know, one of the son-in-laws, and I've always, I always prayed, and this is something for you to pray, that, you know, I always said that when I get the son-in-laws, I get sons. And when I get a daughter-in-law, I get a daughter. And, uh, you know, it's lovely, it's touching my heart, that one of them, the boys just looked across and said, couldn't say anything else. He said, I love you. And, uh, you know, just he couldn't say anything else because there was tears in his eyes and there was tears in my eyes. And, uh, you know, to hear... 
your children, because we brought them up that way, that we, when they were little, and, uh, you know, we taught them to honour and respect one another. And we taught them uh, when they were little that if they had a fight or there was an argument, we would bring them before us and I would have them say they're sorry to one another. And I wouldn't let them go off to a room to sulk. I learned that. Where did I learn it from the Bible? I learned so many things because I went through a mess in my life after we after uh, finished tennis and Barry was up and down the farm and I finished up being an absolute mess with the torn valve of the heart, depression, insomnia. I didn't know how to bring up these little children. I had four under eight and uh, finished up going through depression, got sick and I couldn't see a way out of the pit I was in. I didn't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. And so... Somebody came to me, here I was a Christian, but I still didn't know anything about the Bible. I came in in the, in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal and got messed up through wrong teaching. So important to be around good teaching, which I know that you get here. And, and so in uh, 1982, somebody said there's a Bible school starting. And uh, there was a, I heard about a man who I had listened to a tape and when we went to Hawaii and I was playing tennis, there was a man called Fred Price. And uh, Barry had bad ulcers, I thought, from watching me play tennis. And uh, I had, they asked me, would I share my testimony, how I gave my heart to Christ? And so I got up and gave my testimony. And Barry, just sitting out there, uh, like you are, was sitting under this Fred Price at a full gospel businessman. And two days later, and he wasn't even a Christian then, I was a Christian. And uh, he said to me two days later, nobody laid hands on him, just sitting in the word of God. He said, I believe I'm healed. And he'd been on medication, everything for it, for a long time. And he was totally healed. And I heard that man's name. So I thought, okay, Barry was healed. I know Jesus heals today. And I, I, I need healing. I don't want to be like this for the rest of my life. Went to Bible school, and it was the second year of Bible school, just sitting under the word of God. And uh, I was actually totally healed. And it changed my life. And I knew the power of the word of God and what God can do through his scriptures because they are spirit. They are life unto those that find it and health to all their flesh. And uh, when I was, uh, I had a whole message here uh, to bring, but I want to go to the scripture the Lord gave me this morning for you in Ephesians five and I just want us to go there and uh, I could I there's so much happened in our life but I just want to go where the Holy Spirit wants me to go and uh, it's in Ephesians 5 uh, 30 for we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones for this reason a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I'm speaking, I, I speak concerning Christ and the church. So he, he's talking to us there about uh, husband leaving your father and mother and cleaving to your wife. And we, we know what's happening in the nation today, but I want you to know that this is 
God's way. This goes right back to Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2 of Genesis. Jesus says it again in Matthew 19, 5. And, you know, I love the people and have I, as I have spoken out over the nation and different things, but I felt very much through the power of God and the grace of God is what God's telling me to do in this time and to speak in this time. We love the people, but we need to know that it is a choice. And uh, I wanted to just go, there's another scripture there in Romans 1 that if I can find it, that I just want you to look at before we go anywhere, if I can. Romans 1. Uh, that's where we need to know what the Bible says. It's very important. It says there uh, in verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than man, man, rather than the creator, who is blessed for, forever. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even the women exchange the natural use for what is against, against nature. And see, it's, it's against nature. It's against God's way. And, you know, we love the people, but it is a choice. And I, I look over, you know, I go way back, uh, back when you, you didn't even know about it, you didn't hear about it, I wasn't brought up with any of those thoughts or anything uh, placed in your heart. But, you know, when I was a, a little girl and I was a tomboy, I had eight boys in the street, I played football, cricket, I loved to beat them all. And I was the leader, they called it the Smith Gang. Um, and, you know, I, I look and I think if I back then is had coming at me what the children are having coming at them today and somebody would say, you should have been a boy and not a girl and you should have done this. You see, it comes out of a thought. Many of them, and over the years I've studied it, many wonderful people, I've got some of friends, but they know it's a choice. And they, they're voting no. Many homosexual people are voting no. And, uh, you know, because they know it's not right. And it comes from a thought. Many people have been very damaged in life. You know, even from children. Children, they said in America, 92% uh, have been abused or something's happened in their life. And, and you know, you look at the children, what's being brought in the schools. And I want us to go to another scripture, and you can study these out more yourself, but it's in Proverbs 4.20. And, uh, you know, he says here, my son, give attention to my words. You know, you're going to have to give attention. You're going to have to contend for your life. You're going to have to contend for your marriage. You're going to have to contend for your children. You may have to contend in the workplace. You may be contending uh, in for healing. There'll be some things in your life. That's why it's so important to find the scriptures that cover that area. In marriage, particularly. You know, when I went through Bible school, I had these four little children, Barry up and down the farm. He was never home and uh, you know, we can be so led by feelings and emotions. 
and I didn't know how to bring these children up. I went in and I know today you're not allowed to use uh, the rod of correction, but I tell you what, I used the rod of correction because the word of God said it. And I tell you within three months, four months, my whole life turned around. I saw children just so changed. I used uh, a wooden uh, spoon because you know you don't use your hand. The hand is attached to you, but that doesn't attach when you use the wooden spoon. I just saw them all turn around because it was God. You see, when your heart is towards him, when you take hold of the word of God, you remind him, say, Lord, I'm doing this because I love them and you love them and I correct them and I train them up. You don't do it out of anger. It's so wrong to do out of anger and that's why this area has, uh, has come so that uh, governments and things, because people have done it out of anger. You know, I remember when I was in school and a nun gave me a sixer. And uh, you know what? But I deserved it. We were the greatest to make. She was one of the ones that helped me to go on in my tennis. She could see the potential of my life. I believe she operated in the word of wisdom. She saw what was coming. She said, I think one day, she said, you're going to go places and you need to do a sectarial course. And this was at the age of 13, 14, 14. She said, because you're going to need something. And, and so, you know, God places people around our lives. We sometimes think no, but when you look back, you'll find that don't ever forget the people have, who have spoken into your life, people who have helped you. We're living in a very critical society. Everything that come against, you know, the press know the power of words. Media know the power of words. You know, as the gospel, we know the power of words, but we need to use it in the right way and not be ashamed of the gospel, but use it in love. When there's love behind your words, you love the people, you're there to help them, you'll see the fruit come forth. And that's why it's so important there, he says, my son, give attention to my words. And uh, it says in the Amplified, my son, attend to my words, contend and submit to my sayings. Commit to my word. Submit to my sayings. You will, you will have to contend for your life. You'll have to contend for your marriage. You want it to work. You know, I've had, I have a wonderful man that, because of what I did in sport, and uh, you know, I, I had needed somebody that was strong. We're both very strong people, but we complement one another. And don't ever put one another down. That's why your words, your marriage will be no higher than your words. That's why your, your words are so powerful in a marriage, you know? And I can't go into all the scriptures because of time, but, uh, you know, your words, don't think on the, the negative. Don't look at all the weaknesses all the time. Don't see those faults. Start speaking the answer over one another. And he, he saw and encouraged me so much. I, I needed somebody like that when I went back. I was very shy, very inferiority. I, 
I wouldn't, I hated public speaking. I used to say, you go and do it. Because he come from a very stable family. I didn't. Five brothers. His dad was a premier of Western Australia, brother a premier. He's one of his brothers is now ambassador to Japan. But I saw his mum and dad. I saw them even at our age, how they still loved one another, held hands. They honoured, they respected one another. And, uh, you know, he saw that. Even when I went to him and I said, you know, I feel God's calling me to pastor. And all he says, well, if he's calling you to do that, you better do it. You know, I went to a men's breakfast. They asked me to speak at a men's breakfast. And I said, how many men, there was about 200 men at it, would let your wife pastor like me? Not one of them put their hand up. But you know, when he was going into uh, politics and they wanted to be the president of the Liberal Party, and he says, I'm not going in there, it's horrible. I said, well, it needs somebody like you to go in there because there's an anointing on your life to do it. It is, because anointing on his life, like his father. And so when he went in there, there was anointing on the life. And when, when one of the... Uh, members of the Liberal Party said, Barry, when you came in here, he said, I was hating the place, but since you've come in here, you've changed it. It's an honour, it's a privilege to work here. Now, I say all this because there'll be people sitting out there, and uh, I always remember John Anderson saying, he said, a lot of, lot of uh, Christians don't go into the political because their parents tell them, don't go in there, it's horrible, look what they're doing. He said, don't speak that over your children. You need to pray them in there. You need that we need godly people. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us, making alive our mortal flesh. It's who lives on the inside of us, not what's happening out there. I could stand up and say what I say because I know there's a grace on my life and, and to say what I'm saying in the nation and that and over the nation in this time. But if you're moved by what people say and think all the time, you'll never do anything. That's why it's so important. It says there, contend for the words, incline your ears to my saying, faith cometh by hearing. What are you speaking over one another? You're putting one another down. It says we're to honour one another. You know, God took woman out of the rib of man. He'd, woman wasn't made out of the dust of the earth. Man was. But he took woman out of the rib of man to stand side by side. And you know, if you know you've married the right person, and I've seen people who haven't married the right person, but they've taken this word and they've made it work. And they love one another and God's love, uncompromising love. It's not about feelings and emotions. Praise God, when you get the word of God in you and it becomes alive in you, you get it from here. I wrote a book which was there at, uh, at just last uh, Christmas called Train Your Brain. Because this area needs training. If you go by your feelings and emotions all the time, you won't make it. Not in the times that we're living in. And you know, you to train this mind. This is what he's saying here. This is why he's given me this scripture in Proverbs 4.20. Incline your ears, faith. 
What are you speaking over one another? Faith cometh by hearing. What you speak over one another is so important in front of your children. Don't let your children rule you. Don't let your children play one against the other. Go aside, talk about it. Even if one of you and you think is not right or wrong, just say, okay, we'll deal with it later. Don't hold unforgiveness. Deal with it. You know, many times I, I felt I haven't been, I said, just forgive me because I didn't want anything there. The Lord teaches us about this in here. He'll honour you. He'll bring it to pass. You know, when, when Barry wasn't saved and I used to leave pieces of things behind the toilet door or books around and everything else, you know, the Holy Spirit said to me, stop trying to change him. You're the one that has to change. And I took the word of God and I started to renew my mind and I started to think as God says, I honour my husband, I respect my husband, I love my husband. He loves me as Christ loves the church. I started to say that and pray that, Father, you're doing it. And just all of a sudden, I used to sit in church, he didn't come to church because he saw me become a mess. And I used to say, that seat there, I see him sitting beside me. He saw my life change so much, he saw my mouth change so much. He saw the love of God starting to come through instead of being pointing the finger or being critical. I started to learn uh, how to apply God in my life. And it wasn't too long, it was only three months later after I'd been in Bible school that I, I saw him and he started to come to church. I started to see my whole family change. I'm just giving you a little bit and I just want to finish this. Have I got a few more minutes? Okay. Do not let them depart from your eyes. What are you looking at? Are you looking at television all day? Are you looking at the wrong things? You know, if you're struggling in addictions area, pornography area, stop it. Just get the word of God. Lord, I just thank you. I know it's overcoming. It's temporal. I thank you. Pray in the spirit. Find the scripture and meditate it day and night. And it'll break that right off you. I could share some testimonies with you, and, but for time reason, we won't. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And that's why we get it from this area in the mind. That's why we meditate it and we say it. The quickest way for you to go and grow in faith is to say it and get strong people around you. Watch the people you have around you. Get around people that have got good marriages. Get around people... And, and that uh, are going to stand with you. Don't talk about your husband to other people. Don't talk about your wife to other people. If you've got a good counsellor, a Christian counsellor, a bit different. But don't get around and, and, and you hear so many people put their husband down or their wife down. Don't do that. Speak highly about them. I love them. You know, we're, we're standing in agreement that we've got the best marriage you'll start to find that this word works. Don't watch all those gossip shows on television and those marriage things and home and away and get rid of it out of your thought realm. Why? Because it plants pictures. What you watch is what you'll probably start thinking on. 
you know, get what, what you're around, what you're listening to, what you're reading, what you're hearing. If you're overcoming, you need to close the door on that. You need to open the door and just start to see. And Because He is the Word of God. God's Word is Him. He's alive and living. He's tangible and anointed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just one area there. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all your flesh. I took that, that scripture for healing. They're life to you. They'll give you long life. You'll go through some things. I've been through some things. Been through cancer. Been through different things many years ago. He'll give you long life and he's salvation. He said, satisfy your mouth with good things and your youth is renewed like an eagle. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us all equally. He's no respecter of persons. And you might think, well, our, our marriage is struggling, but it's what you two do. You can turn it and change it. And uh, God will bring you through no matter where you are. He'll bring your children through. He'll bring them back uh, you know uh, we've got I can only say that our children because and I'll finish on this Daniel uh, because our children you know we we taught them from a very early age and I see quite a lot of children in here and uh, you know to say when they forgave I love you you know to hear a son of 44 on the phone saying to his sisters I love you and the sister's saying, I love you. And to their dad, every time they phone, love you. That's how they always finish. Those words, just like we say, I do, are the most two powerful words, very powerful words in the universe. My husband, I came from a dysfunctional family. He came from a solid family. Ever since we probably were engaged every day of his life he said I love you you know it took me time I'd say I love you but it took me time that we say every time even on the phone I love you you know I believe those words don't allow the enemy to come in and uh, you know I love our church I love our people I love my nation. And you know, you want the whole nation to know Jesus. You don't want anybody going to hell. I remember I went on television once and I wasn't from just left field. And the, the man said to me, what, what would you like to see? I said, I'd love to see the whole world come to Christ. Why? Because as people, I always remember, I think it was Lester Summerall. When he was a teenager, he had TB and he had a vision from God and, and he saw in this picture, he saw a, a pulpit or he saw a coffin and the voice said to him, which would you choose? He chose the pulpit, but at that time, he also saw Japan and he saw a cliff and he saw all these people walking over and going to hell. Well, that's happening in the world today, church. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his mouthpiece. He's got nobody else. And it's not just the pastor. It's his body. You're his troops. 
And we train and equip you to go in there to reap the harvest. And that's why the pastor, you've got awesome pastors. Pray for them. Stand by them. Don't speak about them. Speak highly about them. Don't pull them down. Don't say they should be doing this and they should be doing that. Because you know there's a world there that's saying all that and people bring it into the church. But we are the army. We are his body, just as husband and wife. He said, this is the mystery in Christ. We are family. And one day I had a vision and I saw I was in heaven looking down at earth. And you know, all of us there, one day we'll be in heaven. We'll look at one another and think, why didn't we get together on earth? Because we are his body and he loves us. Amen. Father, I just thank you for this church. Sorry, Daniel, I've gone over. I just thank you. I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for their love and their passion for our nation. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord. And Lord, at the end, and and we're happy, Barry and I, to pray for couples, for marriage. Father, we just thank you. We thank you. I know there's an anointing on our lives in that area. But Lord, as I just pray for this church and I pray for this state, Father. Lord, I have a love for this state. And Lord, I did my early years of training here. I have such fond memories of here, Father. And to have an arena named after me here. And Father, I I just thank you for it. I thank you, Lord, for... Melbourne, I thank you for Victoria. I thank you the ground is washed in the blood of Jesus, Father. I just thank you. There's a scripture in um, Psalm 11.3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And Lord, have mercy on our nation. We pray for the foundations of this, this city, Father, that it's washed in the blood of Jesus. We just thank you. We receive Australia for our inheritance. We thank you, your hand be upon it. We thank you for what this church is doing and about to do. We just thank you for great favour on it, Father. We thank you for financial blessing to fulfil all that it has for this city. We thank you for release of those finances, Father. Great release for those finances and Father, and what they're putting out to the nations through song, through the word. We just thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father. It's such a privilege, an honor to serve you. We thank you for this great work. Bless the people, Lord. Bless each and every one of them. We just thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Your word is working mightily no matter what the circumstances. You have the victory. What's impossible to man is possible to God. Don't look back. Don't look at yesterday, but look towards the future. You can do nothing about the past, but you can do something about the future. And there's a grace and favor on this work. And you need to speak that. Speak it over your life. Speak it over your pastor. It's a great grace and favor. It's like a lighthouse work. And be that voice. Be vocal in community. 
Look out at community. Don't look in all the time. Look out at community. Look out to the marketplace around, the surroundings around you. See that voice of prophetic voice going up. and It's a watch, watching church, but it's a sending church. It's a lighthouse church to protect, to guard anything coming nigh. It'll affect and impact this city and this nation. So walk by faith and not by sight. Things that are seen are temporal, they're subject to change. And Father, I thank you. I thank you. I just want you to put your hand on your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit, every person in here, under my voice. I just thank you, Holy Spirit, such release in their life. Healing, miracles, Father, blessing. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, you rise up big in this time. And flow through your people, such a boldness, such a courage, such a supernatural work in their lives. And such a love, love for souls, a love for their city, a love for their nation. Oh, we just thank you, Lord, a praying church, a travailing church, a church with a purpose, Father. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.